This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome back to the Sleepers and Keepers Fantasy Hockey Podcast, part of the Hockey News Podcast Network. This is episode 17. Uh, my name is Jason Chen. Uh, I'll be your host tonight. And joining me is Michael Amato in Toronto. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well, Jason. Just trying to survive this uh, polar vo- vortex we got going on here. <laughs> Frigid temperatures. How are you doing in Vancouver? Good. It's also cold here, like unseasonably cold. But I also wanted to start off the episode and ask you, because you were at the Sharks and Leafs game. Ah, Did you enjoy the Henry Thrun experience? Oh, man. When he <laughs> when he scored that goal, I was like, I've got to text Jason because that's like low-key is his favorite play. <laughs> it was a nice goal, too, a tip in front. Like, like only- I said, so for those who don't know, at the very beginning of the season, we were wondering what the Sharks power play was going to look like. And I threw out Henry Thrun's name out there thinking maybe he'd be the power play quarterback because clearly Kyle Burrows is not the answer and Thrung ended up getting cut getting waived or not waived but demoted to the AHL where he probably belongs but you got called up and I was excited and you didn't do a heck of a lot but just as Mike was at the Leafs game he ends up having his big uh breakout performance so yeah, we all we, know his name now we we thought Thrun was gonna be maybe a diamond in the rough there in San Jose not to be but he did score on Tuesday and man the the sharks are bad like watching them live like it was but fun for you though tough. right yeah it was a good game to go to like I took my dad for his uh 70th birthday oh nice happy saw, birthday Mr. Saw, Amato <laughs> thanks yeah we saw a lot of goals we were behind the sharks net so we, oh, perfect. we saw a lot of goals uh the Leafs really dominated, obviously. I don't think it says as much about the Leafs as, as much as the Sharks were just bad. But it was a good yeah. time. I mean, maybe the worst team you've ever seen. Yeah, I think so. I'm trying to think back. Like, when I was a kid, I know, like, the first year, like, Ottawa Senators, expansion oh, yeah. sends were bad. There's some, but I can't really remember those all that well. So, you know, as I'm... Uh, since I've been of the age to really understand the game, <laughs> the Sharks are probably <laughs> the worst I've seen. Yeah, I kind of agree there. Uh, speaking of bad teams, uh, let's kick off uh, some talk about Jamie Drysdale. Recently dealt from the Anaheim Ducks to the Philadelphia Flyers for a cutter Gautier and a second-round pick. Uh, I mean, I get this from the Ducks' standpoint because they've got such a deep pipeline on the blue line, but Jamie Drysdale moving to Philly, you got to think, his fantasy value has increased significantly, hasn't it? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, the Flyers definitely needed a quarterback on that top power play. Um, I don't think he has as much competition there for that spot as he did in Anaheim with, uh, you know, Mintikov actually having a good season. So I think it's a clearer path. Um, I just think with Drysdale, you know, and I wrote about it a little bit this week, there's just a couple of things I would caution about. Like, number one, he's – 
kind of battled injuries a lot um, throughout his brief career. You know, the Flyers power play, at least at the time of the trade, was was dead last. I haven't checked it recently. Obviously, you know, part of that maybe because they're missing a, a quarterback back there and he'll help that. But, you know, it, it's not a situation where they have this just like, you know, amazing power play that he's going to benefit from. He's going to have to really kind of prop it up himself. And yeah, I know like John Tortorella has really been praising him since he got there, but to me, he seems like the exact player that <laughs> Tortorella will clash with at some point, like a, an offensive defenseman that kind of roves and wanders. I know Tortorella saying the right things, but it wouldn't shock me if come March or, or early April, Jamie Drasdale is, is scratched for a game, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I think you could say that about any Flyers player. Nobody's yeah. immune to getting scratched by Tortorella. And I, I kind of actually like that, but for fantasy purposes, it's a nightmare because you never know who's going to sit. Now, with Drysdale, we still have Igor Zamula playing power play one. Um, I wonder if that's going to last. I think Zamula was okay to start the season, but he's gotten a lot better. And like you said, I think Tortorella sees Drysdale as a rover. We shall see how they do it because there's a bit of a blue line uh, logjam there. Although I do think maybe Sean Walker gets dealt. So that opens up the room. But you're right. I think Drysdale, long-term, has a ton of value there as the future power play quarterback. Uh, two points in two games. Actually had a power play assist on Morgan Frost goal in his first game. Day-to-day uh, -day with an illness. But this is a defenseman, and it's such a thin position that I think you can actually reach for him and get some upside here because there's not a lot out there. And if you remember, like, Tortorella with the Blue Jackets, he did give kind of a lot of leeway and rope to, like, Seth Jones and Zach Rowenski to kind yeah. of, like, roam around and, and you know, produce points and, and kind of push for offense where he, you know, he's not like that with every player. I kind of I think Tortorella, you know, he comes off as a guy that is very, like, team, everyone, you know, pulling on the same rope, doing mm -hmm. the same thing. But I do think, like, he's sneakily gives a little bit more leeway to certain players. So, you know, hopefully if you're taking a chance on Drysdale, maybe he kind of falls into that category. I think the one thing about Tortorella is if you try hard, he'll give you the minutes. doesn't yeah. matter how little talent you have. Uh, I remember this was years ago, and I think Tortorella was on the TSN panel. He was, like, in between jobs at some point, and they still had, they had Bobby Clark there as well. And I think at one point Bobby Clark was like, Tortorella is the best coach ever for like a young team and it, you, you kind of think about it and it kind it's kind of contradictory but it's true it's because he's so fair and i th i do think given what he's done for ristolainen and how much his game has come along i think drysdale can be a strong two-way player and obviously they're gonna butt heads at some point because who doesn't with Tortorella? but drysdale to me is a 20 plus minutes guy down the road for sure um for the ducks though this opens up room on their power play Minchukov, as you mentioned, he's actually got a shoulder injury, so he's out for six weeks, perhaps more. Now, the Ducks aren't very good, and normally this is a team you don't mind for fantasy options at all, but you got to think that maybe Cam Fowler gets a little more uh, fantasy value now, and Jackson Lacombe uh, as well, although they are missing Trevor Zegers. But again, if you're missing defensemen, I mean, these two guys maybe could bring you a little more um, offense from the back end if you're looking for that. Yeah, obviously terrible timing for, for Mintikov. You know, Drysdale goes out the door, so kind of really opens it up for him to really cement himself on that top power play spot. You know, now he's out, which sucks. Um, but, yeah, I think the Ducks, 
it's it's been a tough year for them with injuries. Um, they've had guys in and out of the lineup. They have a lot of good good young players, but I do think if you're looking for somebody like maybe Fowler has a little bit of short term value um, in that spot. I, I always kind of caution, you know. I think in fantasy we're so excited when somebody gets a shot on power play one, but I always say like <laughs> not every power play is good and not, yeah. you know, it's not like an awesome opportunity for everyone, but it is a bump and, and, you know, Fowler has had some kind of decent production in the past. So I think, you know, it will benefit him, but yeah, I'm kind of most interested about like now that they've got Goche who kind of has played center. I think he played center at the world juniors. Yeah, um, he did. They have Leo Carlson center, Mason McTavish center. Like, what does this mean? For Zegris, like, is he permanently a winger now, or are they going to maybe move him? Like, I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do there. Well, speaking of Zegris, too, I think he's going to be a sleeper pick for next year because seeing how he's missed so many games, he's going to be ranked really low on a lot of lists, lists as, like, a forgotten player. But this guy has point-per-game upside for sure on a very talented team. We'll see what Greg Cronin does next year. Yeah, and if he does get traded you know sometimes i know like zegers has had a tough year so and i know maybe he doesn't mesh as well with cronin so we'll see if he gets a new a new landing spot it might be good for him like a change of scenery sometimes is really good Mm -hmm. for for players Mm -hmm. his age and speaking of centers this is a good week to grab some depth center so we got injuries in vegas jack eichel's out william carlson's out chandler stevenson's out short term in winnipeg mark shifley's out in ottawa josh norris is out I mean, Jack Hughes still out. Yeah. Jack Hughes still out. I mean, there's so many guys that are usually third, fourth line centers that you want to grab right now. One of them being like Nicola uh, Roy on um, the the Knights, and this guy's usually like a bottom six center, and he's playing in an elevated position now. Um, Adam Lowry, Cole Perfetti, and on the Jets, they're going to get increased minutes. Shane Pinto, uh, maybe he's back soon. Um, but is there any particular center you like from those teams that you think can fill in? I kind of think Pinto is interesting if Norris is out for a while. Um, he did score 20 goals last year. Um, the Sens, you know, as again, as bad as it's been for them this year, they do have a lot of talent in that top six. Mm-hmm. Um, if he could get one of those spots, I think he could be a nice ad to see where it goes. Again, he's kind of starting without a training camp, you know, and he's been suspended. So he's, hasn't played in a long time so he might start off a little slow reduced minutes but i think he's somebody with upside um perfetti i think is somebody who's had some scoring touch lately um i think he's you know he plays on the wing but he has center eligibility um nemestikov there too is interesting he's he's a bit on and off though like i don't find yeah yeah i don't find he has the offensive upside of like a pinto even or even a, a stevenson um and I think he's very situational. I think yeah. sometimes he'll get hot for a few games, but I have trouble holding him for longer than than a couple games every week. Yeah, I think I would say if Stevenson is available in your league, that's the player I'd probably grab. I think he, I think he's battling an illness himself now or something. Well, um, he's also been kind of disappointing this year, eh? He has, but he was pushed down the line. Like if you remember last year, he had a lot of his his success with Eichel and Stone, yeah. and they kind of rejigged the lines with Barbashev there. So mm-hmm. if he's back up on that top group, he's probably what I would do. If especially if you lost Eichel, um, yeah. I would do that short term, and then maybe look at Pinto too. Yeah, I, I find Nicola <clears throat> Nicholas Waugh kind of interesting on uh, the Knights just because he's a complimentary player, and with those guys, kind of like Adam Lowry, like coaches love those players and. 
once in a while they'll just pass the puck to their winger, whoever it may be, and they'll go end to end, maybe <laughs> do some individual, um, show off some individual skill and get you a nice assist that way. Yeah, no, there's always good value to bottom six players that get bumped up. I think you have to kind of pay attention to the guys that do have a little bit of skill down there because when there is an injury, if they get pushed up, it's just like a good mm-hmm. opportunity to take advantage of it. Yeah, agreed. Um, goalies again, injuries. Uh, Pyotr Kachekov is injured, oh. got run into uh, concussion. Don't know how he's lo- how long he's out for. And then Cam Talbot struggling for the Kings. Uh, Aiden Hill was supposed to come back for the Knights. Uh, was actually supposed to start Wednesday against the Yavs, but then all of a sudden they they changed their mind and and started uh, Yuri Patera instead. I'm a little concerned because whenever a goalie scheduled to start and then all of a sudden misses that game, it makes me a little worried. I wonder how long Aiden Hill's out for because Logan Thompson to me hasn't looked as strong as he has in last year even. I was going to say about Thompson, he's been kind of a little disappointing to me um, Mm -hmm. this year. I always think goalies in like a Bruce Cassidy coach team, like a goalie friendly team should their numbers should be better than Thompson's. Not that he's been awful, but yeah, he's definitely not been as good as last year. So yeah, there's a lot of goalies here right now. Um, Jake Ottinger just came back too. He was he was missing time. Gustafson as well. So it's it's usually I would say the thinnest position on the waiver wire at this time of year. There's just not a lot left. So it's kind of hard to pick through. Do you trust Ranta? You know, he's looked good in a couple of games. Um, he had a really, really rough start to the year, obviously, but he's still in a great spot, right? Like anybody yeah. in that Carolina spot, I think, has the most upside. So if you're looking for replacements, again, if, you're, if your goalies are in decent shape, I wouldn't be racing out to, to take a chance on Ranta. But if you've been really, like, hammered with injuries, you've lost Hill or whoever, um, I, I would really take a look at look at Ranta. He's got he's, he's probably going to have the most upside of anyone on waivers. I, I think he's yeah, probably sure. worth a look. Uh, there is one goalie I think has maybe more value on waivers. Uh, Nico Dawes, but we'll get to him later. Good, oh, okay. <laughs> possibly, yeah, yeah, he could. <laughs> I mean, I think the difference for the Hurricanes right now is they're playing a lot better than they were early in the season. Yeah, so I think that really helps Ranta, and I do think that they're going to make some sort of move. I, I think they're usually pretty aggressive at the deadline or, or actually acquiring players. So that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I mentioned um, like the other day, you know, obviously it sounds like Merzlikens wants out yeah. of, of Columbus. Again, well, they're not playing him, so what's, yeah. what's the point? Yeah. And he's got a tricky, I think, cap hit to navigate for a team like Carolina, but I think he would be a good fit there because obviously I think even if Kachekov was healthy, I don't think they love the idea of like Kachekov and, and Ranta heading into the playoffs in case, you know, they get into a situation like this where Kachekov is hurt. Um, we're still not sure what's going on with Anderson, if he's going to yeah. make it back. So I think, I think Carolina is definitely in the market for a goalie. Um, I, I think, think lots of teams are. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. It's just like goalies feel like, the position teams want to pay the least for and anyone that's kind of available, whether it's, you know, John Gibson, Elvis Merzlikens, when you're in like the 5 million plus range, it's just, it's so hard for teams to take that on. Speaking of goalies, uh, I kind of mentioned it before, but are you concerned about Cam Talbot? Yes, I am. As someone who has Cam Talbot on his (laughs) roster and I was leaning on Cam Talbot uh, for most of the season, I am quite concerned. I, I think I'm, I'm probably not as concerned with Talbot himself because I don't think he's been 
in this little bit of a, a kind of wall he's hit or this losing streak that the Kings are not, I'm more concerned about the Kings because I think mm, yeah, they've lost eight straight now. And he, mm-hmm. he was really been, had, had been propped up by LA. Like LA was playing so well defensively. Um, so I'm worried that if the Kings kind of can't find their game again, it's going to hurt him. And he is 36. Like, you know, how many games can he play? They've been leaning on him a lot. So if that's, again, we just talked about teams that could use a goalie. Um, probably the Kings could use somebody to kind of maybe split time with Talbot a little bit more, but I'm not fully panicked yet. Um, but if you do have Talbot, there are some signs here that, Hey, you might want to look at grabbing someone to like give yourself some insurance and, and insulation. If things go, uh, do go sideways with him. Keeping in mind too, the Kings traded for Corpus Allo from the jackets last year. So maybe they do it again with Merzlikens, but yeah. if you have space, would you pick up Riddick? as like an insurance policy or would you wait to see what the Kings do in that? Riddick prob- is two and oh, by the way, big save I- Dave, <laughs> living up to the hype. Big save Dave, rare save Dave. Yeah. We'll see. I would, I, I think I would still use him as a streamer. Like I think Talbot's mm-hmm. still getting, I, I don't, I don't think the Kings look at like Talbot right now as a problem. I think they're just not playing as well as they had in the past. Um, but again, it, I think if you're in a in a short term scenario, you could look at Riddick for a one off or two off uh, situation, just a couple of games. But yeah, I would wait and see what they do there. I feel like a Merzlikens move is somewhat imminent. Like I, I don't know about like in the next few days, but maybe in the next like couple of weeks, it feels like it's going to be hard for a guy for a team to keep a guy like that that's really unhappy. So I'd like to see where he ends up. Yeah, I mean, it could happen in the summer where it's easier to navigate the cap. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I do think the Kings might want to address that team, whether it's through goaltending or even acquiring another defenseman yeah, um, just to shore up that depth because I do think they're a little thin there. Yep. One thing I want to talk about is uh, Max Patch already. So we knew he was coming back. He's played a few games since. Now he's playing top line, um, was playing with Ovechkin before Ovechkin was injured or sat out, I should say um due to illness i think illness but he's playing top line minutes uh opposite tj oshi now what have you thought of his play so far so i actually watched the game sunday against the rangers i watched patcheretti pretty closely he looked he looked pretty good to me he looks all right uh, yeah yeah he looks like he's moving well he had a couple of chances um again i think given the injuries he's had in the last couple of years the lack of playing time it's going to take a while for him to ramp up um, but at the same time, you know, you mentioned he's playing with Strom and, and Oshi, and I guess it's going to be Strom and Ovechkin when Ovechkin gets back in there. Not, you know, not, not the worst situation. I think it's great to be on the top line, but we all know Ovechkin's had a really down year. Um, you know, I don't he might really be picking him. it up though. Yeah. He, he, he looked, he's looked better recently. So if he can continue that when he gets back on the lineup, I think that's okay. I just think if you're grabbing Pacioretty and hoping for like, you know, the old, 35 goal Max Pacioretty, you might be yeah, disappointed. Um, but again, he's there's not many, you know, when when he was playing at his at his peak, there, there weren't many guys that could score at a better rate than he did. Like he was a good scorer. So, you know, I think he's a I think he's a good bet for maybe a, a team that's doing a fantasy team doing well in the standings that's looking for some scoring depth, maybe heading to the playoffs. I find the caps are just a low upside offensive team. Yeah. They don't have any real playmakers. Uh, Ovechkin's not an elite goal scorer in my mind anymore. No. Um, just because one production and two, I think age has become a factor. Yeah. And the 
the one thing about Ovechkin is, so I was looking at his advanced stats. He's usually been one of those guys who scores more than uh, expected. This year, I think he's almost eight full goals behind his expected goals. Yeah. And I think a lot of it's just obviously um, his shooting percentage is down. I don't think it's going to stay down that long. But I do think opposing defenses have also focused on his one-timer. And he doesn't really have like a Nicholas Backstrom uh, yeah. to set him up. And Kuznetsov, I think, is washed. <laughs> yeah. And I think, his, I think his shot volume's down a bit. And I think... Yeah. I well, he misses also, the net so much too. Like, yeah, I was watching the other day, not this weekend, but even before earlier in the season, and some of his one timers are just wild. Yeah, he looks like a guy that you know teams teams realize now that the Caps are, like you said, a low upside offensive team. They don't have many threats, so when you lose all your threats, it's really easy to focus in on one guy. And you know, when that guy's a thirty eight year old player that has a lot of tough miles on that body. I think it's going to be pretty easy for them to defend a lot of what he does now. So, and he's not a, you know, he, he's not for a long time. He really hasn't been a guy that's like created offense for himself. Like I think he yeah. was that in his earlier few years in, in the league, but now he's more of like, you know, get open, get him the puck, let him rip it, you know, on the power play, take advantage of that. So when you can take that away, he, he's going to have a hard time creating offense for himself. I can't remember the last time where he's come down the right wing and just yeah. unleashed that wrister like he used to or or gone to the net hard. Um, I am really surprised the Caps are, you know, <clears throat> in the in the playoff race even. Um, I did well, not think this would be happening, right? Charlie Lindgren, I think, is yeah, just dragging them there, kicking and screaming. Like he was I he played both games this weekend. Uh, I don't know, not good for Darcy Kemper, but no, we'll, we'll get not. to that later. And he, yeah. And he looks really good. So yeah. He's keeping the minute, but I think it's, yeah, I think it's not where you want to be if you're a Caps fan. Like, I think you either want to bottom out or you want, because I feel like the Caps are going to miss the playoffs by like five or six points and mm -hmm. they're not going to get a great draft pick and they're not really going to, I think, push for, for a playoff spot. But what do you do? They have Ovechkin. I think they want him to break that record in a Capitals jersey. So it's going to take like five more seasons. It, it might take break. a few more years now. Yeah, it, it's really interesting how that's going to play out. So we'll see. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Um, I do want to touch on the flames, um, yep. moving out West, uh, Jonathan Huberdo is on fire. And so is Yegor Sharon Govich. Surprise Coleman, and all. Yeah. I'm well, Coleman's uh, been great all season. Right? Yeah. The flames are, the flames are really a strong team now. Like we, I, I was going to mention this earlier when we were talking about, um, goalies on waivers. Like I, like Jacob Marks has been unbelievable over the last 10 games. Like he's Agreed, been yeah. seven and three. He's got like a nine thirty something like. He's been really good. The Flames have won, I think, nine of thirteen games now. Like they're, you know, they're not that team at the start of the year that was kind of a laughing stock. Like they're, they've really picked it up. They're in the playoff race. Yeah, Sharon Govich um, has played really well. Huberto's been better. I'm still kind of hesitant to grab Huberto. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I think you have him for the hot streak, 
but you don't expect this scoring rate to continue like the rest of the season because for all we know, the Flames are sellers. Although it's really interesting because Noah Hannafin apparently was supposed to resign. They have a terrible start. They <laughs> deal off, and Hannafin's like, ah, oh, maybe I don't want to sign. And now maybe Hannafin wants to re-sign again. So yeah. I don't know if, if they re-sign Hannafin. Is, is Lindholm off the block now? Like, well, it's really tough to say what direction the, the Flames are going in. And at this rate, it really keep, seems like they should keep the core together. But again, how much do you trust Huberto? Is he like a 70-point player or is he like a 40, 50-point player? Is it just a hot streak? Is Sharon Govich actually worth the the price that they uh, they traded for him? Yeah, the Flames could end up like ruining the trade deadline for everyone this year. Like to me, they, to me, they were the team that was going to have like four or five pieces to make like it really interesting. But now it's like, why would they get rid of guys if they're in the thick of the playoff race, right? So we'll see. But yeah, I think they have a lot of like I th- I think Huberto is a low risk, high reward gamble at this point. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's available in almost sixty percent of leagues. Um, you know, he's got center left wing eligibility. Who knows why? I don't know why he's center eligible. Yeah, that was that was always a weird one. <laughs> but he does. So <laughs> yeah. you think he's easy to squeeze on your roster if you need. And you know, we talked about at the beginning of the pod, like all all these injuries from from centers. Like you know, there's a lot of teams out there that need replacements, right? So you know, maybe he's a short term look to see to see if they can if he can keep it going. But yeah, there's there's a lot of offense coming from the Flames now from three lines really. So there's no shortage of players to choose from there. Speaking of centers, I mean, we kind of keep hopping around, but we keep going back to injured centers. <laughs> I thought this was really interesting, so I, I kind of want to get your thoughts. But the Islanders lost Casey Sizikas. Um, he is one of their best checking line centers. And in order to spread things out, they've stopped playing Horvat and Barzell on the same line. Now, Horvat and Barzell are still going to play together depending on how uh, Lane Lambert juggles his lines and depending on the game situation. But I do think the Islanders are at their best when Horvat and, Ar- and Barzell are playing together. So this does not make me happy, uh, especially if you're a Barzell or a Har- Horvat owner on your uh, fantasy team. Yeah, there's, there's no question about it. Those two guys have to play together. I mean, for fantasy hockey purposes, and I think for the Islanders' purposes. like Yeah, exactly. Barzell's having a career year. Um, he looks like a completely different player with Horvat. Um, when Horvat went to the Isles last year, he looked nothing like the player he was in Vancouver from a well, the matchup production. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, from, from just from a production standpoint. And now this year, he's like really producing well again. So... You know, if I was the Isles, who are, you know, in the thick of the playoff, right? I think they're in a playoff spot right now, actually. Um, Thanks I, to the loser point, by the way. Yeah, they're <laughs> getting they're getting a lot of loser points. But I I would not break those two up if they didn't have to. Because I think for a team that has kind of struggled to score for a long time, um, they've kind of flipped that narrative this year. And they're, and they're putting uh, putting up a lot of good offensive numbers. So I, I would try to keep those guys together. But, yeah, it is it is bad news if you have... Barzell uh, or Horvat, and they do split them up because I think they're much better together. What's Barzell's ceiling? Point per game? I think it's I think it's ninety plus point. Like he was really a eh? he was at a ninety point pace earlier in the year. Like he got he's gotten eighty before as a, as a rookie. I think it was yeah. And then it um, just kind of went downhill from there. I actually drafted Barzell my last pick in my keeper league yeah. draft. And that was kind of a shot in the dark. I really didn't think much of him, especially as you said, Horvat um in a matchup role last year didn't quite 
score the same uh, rate as he did in Vancouver. So I dropped Barzell early and I'm, I'm paying for it now. I really, really regret it. That's probably one of the worst moves I've made all year. <laughs> um, but I do wonder, like, Barzell to me strikes me as a point per game player, but I do think Horvat's driving a lot of the offense. And Horvat's offensive production has been really shocking to me. Yeah. Well, we didn't see, like, if you remember last year when Horvat got traded there, like, Barzell was injured for a pretty big chunk of the time mm-hmm. um, that, that yeah. Horvat was there. So we didn't see them together a lot. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of an unknown heading into this year. But yeah, like, I watched uh, the Isles play the Leafs this week and Barzell had four points. Like, he was electric. I think he is, yeah, like, I think he's probably an 80 point player, like, you know, at, at his best. But I think when you're, a player like as talented as him, he can have a few big games like that where he goes off. And I think he could potentially creep into like 90 point territory. But again, he's, he hasn't proven it as much as others, but I, I think the talent is definitely there. Where would you take him next year then? Ooh, that's a tough. Do you think he's, well, let me put it, <clears throat> do you think he's a top 50 fantasy player next season? Uh, yeah, I probably right he's on the borderline, isn't he right on the fringe there? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd have to look at it, but yeah, I think, I think he would be, I think he's like, I don't think he, I, I think he's maybe between like 40 and 50 in that range. I don't think he's higher than that. Um, a lot yeah, of assists. I, yeah, I, I probably would take him right around there. Give or take. Would you take him or Horvat? It depends on your categories. Like I, if, if your league has face-offs, I'd go with Well, Horvat. it's Horvat. No, no question. Right? Yeah. That, I have Horvat on my team because we have, faceoffs but if it's just like a points league i'd probably go with barzell okay interesting i think i lean horvat either way i just find <laughs> horvat a little more uh, reliable and consistent i think barzell has the more potential to have like those big three four point games yeah yeah it'll be interesting i think it we'll see a couple of aisles up higher on on rankings next year than we're used to that's for sure yeah <laughs> That's actually a great point. It's actually kind of interesting because I feel like the Isles still have a reputation for being a low-scoring team, but they're not. Yeah, no, I, I they're do, not. Yeah, they, like that's why Brock Nelson's always so undervalued every year because people are like, he's not going to score that much, and he comes back and scores thirty <laughs> like clockwork. Yeah, no, they have some guys that can score. I and think Noah Dobson, just, oh my god, oh, Dobson's talk about a guy who's in elite status right now. Yeah, that's another guy like. You know, is he, if he's not top 50 next year, he's not, he's probably he's top 60 ish. Definitely top 50 next year. Yeah. Like he, he, for the position he plays, like there's not many options better than him. So, so if you're like thinking next year, like thinking far ahead, <laughs> next year, top five defensemen, you got to think Evan Bouchard and Dobson are in the conversation at the very least. Yep. Like the guy I'd, I'd say has fallen off a little bit is probably um, Roman Yossi. Yep. Yossi has. Obviously, Makar will be there. Um, Adam Fox. And... Quinn Hughes will be. Quinn Adam Hughes, Fox yeah. is different. Quinn... Adam Fox doesn't shoot enough. Yeah. I think Fox. Quinn... Yeah. But Quinn Fox Hughes is... and Darlene. Darlene's kind of falling. Like, it depends on Buffalo. Buffalo's so unreliable these days. Yeah. And, like, Hedman's had a kind of a bounce back here. I don't think he's top mm-hmm. five, but he's no, not he's... far off. But... but he's top ten, I think. Yeah, for sure. So, anyway. Um, this podcast is always dominated by goalies. Um, there's so much to talk about, but I kind of want to do a lightning round with you. So let's debate these goalies. Um, there's quite a few to go through, but want to get your view on them for the rest of the season. Okay. They're in alphabetical order. So maybe, you know, oh, they're coming or not, not, or maybe very organized. organized. I know. <laughs> 
we're not maybe we'll go off on a tangent maybe we will all um, right i don't know but all right let's start with the ducks uh john gibson or lucas dostal for the rest of the season you can't uh, say neither <laughs> um i would i'll, I'll say dostal just because i think he has more upside um yeah me too like i i think he'll get some more of those kind of wild like 45 save games um you know, yeah. the, only, the only Gibson's lost interest in those games. Yeah, I know. By like shot thirty five, he's like, you know what, screw it. <laughs> the only reason I would say Gibson is if you believe, like he he'll get traded somewhere, right? Like to the Devils. I think that's a a lower possibility, but that's the only reason I would say Gibson. I think if you're just you know basing it off the two guys on the Ducks, I'd go with the stall. Actually, we're gonna go off tangent already. I'm sorry, but did you see the tweet from Kevin Weeks where you had like a picture of Markstrom and like the eye emoji? Yeah, I saw that. Um, the one of the comments was like, "Is he going to New Jersey?" Oh, I everybody, mean, everybody wanted him to go to New Jersey. I know, I know, but is Markstrom really moving? You think? I really, I don't think so. Well, hard to move. Uh, Elliot Friedman said on Saturday night that it would take a pretty massive offer for the flames yeah. to even ask him to waive his mm-hmm. no move so we'll see but what I, a way I, to open the door for dustin wolf oh yeah well they gotta move one of them right like yeah. Valar or uh march or it's probably even though marsham has a higher cap it, it's probably easier to move marsham because mm-hmm. he's gonna well, be he's more better. yeah obviously but as somebody who has marsham i don't want him to move right now like he's he's finding even his groove the there yeah, like I don't know. Like the Devils have been kind of the Devils have a ton of injuries. They haven't played that well this year. They're not great defensively. Like the Flames are not bad um, defensively. Like That's I kind of like Chris him. Tanev. Yeah, they block a lot of shots. Like I like where Markstrom is at right now. So I kind of just want to keep riding that wave and don't don't upset the apple cart there. Okay, <laughs> we'll all see. right. Okay, back on topic. Yep. Uh, Buffalo, Uko Peko Lukanen or uh, Devon Levi. Oh, can't pick neither, eh? Uh, I will go. No, you can't <laughs> cheat. There's no way out I, of this. I can't, I'm going to go with UPL. Same. Like, I, I, I know. Like, Levi just... I could see Levi eventually going back down again if, if the Sabres can't get back on track. But Well, long-term, I think Levi. But yes. maybe, maybe the gap has, like, closed a little bit. But yeah. I think Lukanen has actually been better lately. Yeah, and he looked good not- against the Canucks the other day. Like, yeah, Thatcher yeah. Demko stole that game, by the way. Yeah, holy cow. <laughs> um, but Lukanen, I, I think he also has more experience. Yeah. So I, I yeah. like UPL as well. Uh, Carolina, Anti Ranta or Piotr Kachekov? See that that's a tough one. Like the obvious answer is Kachekov, but like, but he's injured. Yeah, if he's out for six weeks, then you you'd want Ranta, but. Yeah, if you're just basing it on like who's the better option, it, it's definitely been Kachekov. It's I, I feel bad for him because like he was he was really finding his groove, and I kind of mm-hmm. feel bad for the. I think he's technically still a rookie, or he's eligible for the Calder. And I think like if I'd have to double check that, but I mm-hmm. think if like we're running out of kind of options for the Calder, like Bedard's <laughs> out, like Kachekov's gone down. It's opening like, the door for Brock Faber, man. I'm telling. Yeah, you. Faber's up there, like. Um, Even Fantilli. I didn't think Fantilli really had a shot, but Fantilli looks shot. good. And Luke Hughes, our favorite Luke Hughes. Luke Hughes, yeah, for sure. Even oh, like by I, the way, uh, you won that vote again because I put it on on Twitter. Who would you rather have rest of the season, Brent Burns and Luke Hughes? Oh, and it was yeah. dead heat for the longest time, but I think Brent Burns ended up getting 50% of the vote. But anyway, I think you guys are all wrong and I'm right. So <laughs> Usually the case. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, would you rather have Daniil Tarasov or Elvis Merzlikens, knowing that he may get traded at some point? 
I, I might I might stick with Merzlikens, even yeah, though he's not going to play. I, I don't think Ter, Terasov has much value like this season. I think he, no, he hasn't good. played well. Yeah, I think he'd be like a good long-term option, but mm-hmm. I'd rather just – if I had Merzlikens, I, again, I would probably drop both of them, but if I had Merzlikens, I would just hold them and hope he gets dealt like to L.A. or Carolina or something. Okay. All right, now it gets harder. Uh, Vili Huso or Alex Lyon? Oh, that's easy. Lyon. Lyon. <laughs> Lion's been a grade zero G guy. I'm kind of mad. Like, I, I had Lion and I dropped him when he got hurt and I picked up Decord. So, like, I'm not too mm-hmm. sad about it because Decord's been unbelievable. But yeah, Decord's amazing. Yeah, Lion's been, he's been the, the, the wing's best goalie by a mile this year, uh, who still hasn't been great at all. So, I, I would say Lion. Okay. Uh, this one's obvious to me Soros versus Kevin Lankin. And I think UC Soros has more value. But Kevin Lankin, I do think he's starting to force. Uh, the Preds into more of a timeshare. Yeah, I, I, it's it's obviously Saros. I don't think there's any debate mm-hmm. there. I wonder what they do. Like, when is Askarov going to get a chance there? Um, to me, Saros mm-hmm. is like the most interesting goalie because he's kind of at a reasonable cap hit. And, you know, do they think about dealing him if they're kind of going into a rebuild? We're not sure there. But, yeah, it's Saros is still really good. I, I'd say Saros easily. Where would you have Saros next year? Uh, ranked um, yeah. because I don't think that top line with O'Reilly, Nyquist, and Forsberg is going to replicate what they did this season. Just a no. hunch, but I, I like they're playing out of their minds right now. Yeah, I think a lot would depend on like what not like is a scar up next year. Um, I don't. I think Saros plays a ton, like mm-hmm. compared to a lot of goalies, which always pushes them higher. But yeah, I don't think the Preds are going to be very good next year. So mm-hmm. I'd have them. Definitely outside the top five. Um, I was going to say outside the top 10 to 15. I, I, I was debating that. I think I'd have them maybe right around 10. But mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. New Jersey. Vitek Vanacek or Nico Dawes? I'm all in on Nico Dawes. Oh, me like, too. Some, someone's got to take over that job. Vanacek, yeah. Vanacek ain't it. Like he's struggling. Um, I was uh, I was watching that Panthers game and I was kind of afraid that uh, the Panthers would light him up. But Dawes was amazing, and yeah. you can't go back to Vanacek. I, I really think that time's run out for him. Yeah, he's not played well. I'm interested to see who gets the next start after Dawes played really well. Has like to if, be Dawes. If right? Dawes gets the next game, it could be a really good thing. But again, the Devils have to pick it up themselves. They, they're dealing with injuries. You know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, Samuel Urson or or Carter Hart for the Flyers? Oh man, I, th- I think this is the toughest one yet. You've given Ersan. It's got to be Ersan. I like Ersan. Yeah, he's he's good. Like yeah. he's played well. He was a great spot starter. He hadn't been you know having many bad games. Than the chances he got, and I think Tortorella likes him. So I, I'll say him. Yeah, I, I think for a while Ersan was running with the job, and then Carter Hart came in, and they started splitting. But I'm watching Samuel Ersan, and I'm thinking like, how can you not play this guy? And you know what, Carter Hart, uh, with his contract coming up, could be a really good trade chip. Yep, and I don't think either is a bad option. The Flyers are actually playing really well above expectations. Yeah. So yeah. Tristan Jari or Alex Nadelkovich? Still Jari for me. Um, oh, really? Okay. I think Nadelkovich was getting a few more starts recently, mm-hmm. but because he had he was winning more, but I think Jari's still the best overall option they have. Jari scares me because he'll have this great two, three game run, and then he'll have a game where he allows three goals in the first period and gets pulled. Yeah, he's such an interesting goalie. Like 
if you look at like, if you kind of watch him play and like hear about him on Twitter, you think like he's not very good or he's having a terrible season. But you, you look at his numbers. Yeah, look at his numbers. He's always got like a nine fifteen save, and it's like okay, like. <laughs> I don't, but I think I think what you're saying is true. He has like one stinker every three or four games, which just kind of brings his, his numbers down. But I I do think this is a timeshare. I do think they're going to split fifty fifty depending on who uh who has the hot hand and it'll be interesting to see how the penguins uh handle this rotation when they make the playoffs and i do think they'll make the playoffs wow that's a bold statement is it bold is it that is a that's a hot i'm not counting on Sidney crosby no way no i won't but (laughs) if they didn't make it last year i don't know they haven't looked even close to as good as they were last year we'll see no yeah i agree i just just a hunch uh your leafs martin jones or Ilya samsonov uh definitely martin jones i, I can't believe <laughs> that's what i was playing tonight as we record, he's playing against the leafs tonight so we'll see I, if he I, has I, a good game do you change your mind no i i can't believe I, this is a sentence i'm saying <laughs> in 2024 but martin jones martin jones for the toronto Maple Leafs. I, I mean granted joseph wool is the number one right yeah but. and like i i really so i i think the issue here is like at what point do the leafs look at samsonov's uh contract and say like, hey, if we've got Wool and Jones, we're pretty comfortable with that going into the playoffs. At what point do we get off that Samsonov contract and use that three million and change, you know, to add a, another, uh, you know, third line forward, another defenseman because they could use the cap space because they're not using that guy. Like they, they need that money. So I don't know. I think it's going to take something pretty heroic for Samsonov to get back in at this point. Um, We'll see what happens, but I did not think when the Leafs signed Jones last summer he would be this pivotal to their season. He's really kind of like kept it together here. What did you think of Jones when the Leafs blew that three nothing lead against the Avs? Not well, as best. Also, like Sheldon Keefe's post game was hilarious. Yeah, he's more fiery this year. He's definitely getting on on yeah. these players more. But yeah, I I didn't think Jones was particularly great on a couple of the goals, mm-hmm. but. It's it's Martin Jones. Like if you look at the big picture, it's also I, the Avs. Yeah, it's I I think you're fine with what Jones has done. Like he's been really good. He hasn't given up. Like I didn't love the McKinnon goal. Like I thought it kind of went right through him. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like overall, if if someone told you you had to use Martin Jones for like a month and this is where you'd be and what he'd give you, I think you'd you'd sign up for that all day. So yeah, I mean that's what he did for the Kraken last year, right? Yeah, that's it. He's just keeping them in the race. So. Uh, the Caps, you brought him up. Charlie Lindgren or Darcy Kemper? Uh, Lindgren, no question for me. I'm not a huge Darcy Kemper guy. He just kind of... Me neither. Yeah, he's he's kind of weird. Like, he's kind of bland. Like, he's just always okay. <laughs> and I know everyone grabs him and he doesn't... He just... I don't, I don't know. I just don't find he's the option. I think Lindgren has just been so much better this year. I think he's kind of riding the Philip Grubauer type of, uh, you know, reputation train. Yeah. Where he played for a really strong team, had a, you know a good season, and just kind of rode off there. But Lindgren, to me, especially with him starting both games against the Rangers on a back to back, I think that was really telling. That's telling. Um, yeah, and he he played great both games too. Yeah, I think Kemper's just never like bad enough that anyone really sours on him. But he's never <laughs> he never has a lot of upside to me. Right. Okay. Um, all right, we've come to the end of this episode, and as usual, we do our sleeper and keeper picks of the week. So, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, I went with Jaden Schwartz for Great my pick. sleeper. He's been he just came off uh, off injury reserve. He's back into the lineup now for three games. He's got four points. He was really good earlier in the year before he went down. So, I would 
grab him now center left wing eligibility. Um, I would see if he kind of um, just sort of picks up where he left off. It looks like he has so far. He's, he's putting up a lot of points and the Kraken are scoring more lately. So I think uh, he'd be a good fill in for, for and, the team battling injuries. Another guy who has center eligibility that kind of baffles me a little bit Yeah, because I know he can just take face offs, but he's, he actually doesn't really play there. No, he doesn't. I don't know why he has it, but he's he's definitely been putting up the points. He looks like he hasn't really missed a beat since coming back. So, and your keeper, you got to explain this one because I saw this and I get what. Uh, so I've kind of been watching uh, Sam Montembeau lately, and <laughs> we talked about. I didn't really mention him earlier because I wanted to save it for this segment, but I think he could be a good fill-in um, for a team that look you know is looking for a goalie. Um, obviously, the Canadians are not very strong, but. He's got a 909 save percentage on the year. Um, I know, and a Which winning really good on the halves. Right? Yeah, like, like that's like a nine, like that should be like a 920, 25 on a good team. Like he's and he's got a winning record. He's had four straight quality starts. Played really well against the Oilers the other night. Um, I think limit them to two goals if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they're a high high powered offensive team. He played really well. Um, so yeah, I think the wins will be hard to come by for him, but I think he doesn't really hurt your stats he always posts uh, pretty good numbers and he's going to get you a lot of saves so one of my sneaky um sort of streaming plays every season is the Habs goalie on a saturday night if they're playing in montreal yeah it's uh, yeah they it's can always have... competitive and and you know yeah. they always like somehow at least keep it close even though if they're even if they're not good yep uh my sleeper i I was split between this, these two, but I did mention him before. Nico Dawes to me is a sleeper, uh, probably maybe a hold for the long term. I do think he's their best option in net for the Devils. The other one's Mike McLeod. Um, he's a you know usually a, a sort of a checking line center, but he can play up the lineup. Um, I really like his upside, and I think he gets a lot of minutes. So um, when you have such great wingers as you do on the Devils, he's going to get his points some some way somehow. Yeah, it's not bad. I like the Dawes pick for sure. Like, I think I think there's so much opportunity there. Hopefully, he can do what uh, Akira Schmid couldn't and just take over that now. <laughs> yeah, because usually you don't get like a sort of waiver wire goalie on a good team. It's usually a goalie on a bad team. Yeah, uh, not true. especially this time Devils of the year. Are good, but yeah, yeah, they could be like they they should be. So yeah, they should be. <laughs> uh, my keeper is Ryan Hartman. It's funny that like no matter what the Wild do, it's always Ryan Hartman who ends up back on that top line with Kaprizov <laughs> and Zuccarello. Um, center right wing eligibility gets you face offs. Um, shots are good. Uh, gets you some hits. Yeah, yeah penalty minutes. Uh, I just think he's a really good multi category contributor. And when he's playing top six minutes as he has now, uh, I think that's a that's a great thing for Hartman's fantasy value. Agreed, and I actually think he benefited when he got bumped down the top line. It seemed like his offense picked up a lot and now he's kind of pushed, pushed back up there. So yeah, I think it's a good pickup. Mm-hmm. All right. Awesome. Uh, that's it for this episode. Um, thank you, Mike, for joining us and your insight. Um, please connect with us on Twitter or X, uh, Amato underscore Mike and myself, Jason Chen 16. Uh, new episodes air every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern. Thank you for listening. Subscribe and follow and give us a like on your platform of choice. 